You're listening to the Want to Listen Wellness Podcast, episode number 23. You're listening to the Want to Listen Wellness Podcast, a podcast and community for women just like you, women who have put themselves on the back burner for so many years as we live the college, job, plus mortgage, plus career, plus parenting life, but are ready to now press the reset button and start creating a life that sets our souls on fire. Pull up a seat, grab a cup of coffee, and come listen to conversations with real women just like you who are learning how to create a fulfilled life around eating well, living well, and traveling often. Welcome back to the podcast. So in today's episode, I'm going to be talking with Dr. Beth Brombos from bloggertoauthor.com. I actually connected with Beth inside a group that I belong to of other entrepreneurial women um, who are turning their blog into a business. But Beth is an excellent resource for when it comes to self-publishing your first book. She helps bloggers turn their existing content into a published physical book, um, which is an excellent tool if you're looking to expand your reach or you want to establish yourself as an authority in your market or you just want to create an additional revenue stream um, that might lead into a higher priced uh, item such as a course or something else. Um, And so I'm excited to dive into how easy it can be to self-publish your first book. Uh, So without further ado, let's jump into the conversation with Beth. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we have Dr. Beth Brombos from Blogger to Author with us. She is joining us for a Live Well episode. Welcome, Beth. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you. Beth is an excellent resource when it comes to self-publishing your first book. Um, She helps bloggers turn their existing content into a published physical book, which is another excellent tool for expanding your reach, establishing yourself as an authority, and to create an additional revenue stream. So before we dive into the details of how to do this, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about your backstory um, and the story behind Blogger to Author? Yeah, absolutely. I guess without wasting too much of your listeners' time (laughs) on my background, uh, just to go over things briefly. I've been blogging for a little over five years now, and I started out as a fitness blogger, specifically a running blogger. Um, As a runner, I fell in love with yoga, and so I started to blog more about yoga as well and how it was helping me with my running. Uh, That passion spurred me to get my yoga teaching certification. And I started to really consistently blog about yoga for runners because that was something that I was super passionate about. That was, you know, at the time that was 100% my life's calling. I thought that that's why I, or that's really what I was meant to do. Mm -hmm. And it got to the point where I wanted to figure out ways to become better known because yes, I was absolutely networking with other running bloggers and building a name for myself that way, but I just knew I wanted to do something more. And that was right around the time when I started thinking about also really getting serious about turning my blog into a business. And 
doing the same thing that I know a lot of other bloggers do, which is looking beyond the sponsored posts Yes, and figuring out how else you can do that. And I know that you talk to a lot of people who are in the same boat who go the course route. And mm-hmm. I absolutely did that as well. I launched a course uh, right around the same time that I put together my first book. Mm-hmm. Um, and so long story short, what I did was take those blog posts that I've been spending so much time writing about yoga for runners. I literally copied and pasted them into a Word document that became the first draft of my book. Awesome. I did go through, I, I, it's not verbatim, my blog posts. I did edit things. I did <laughs> add more. Just a caveat. I know some people freak out when you say that. Although, just a quick aside, even if you did just literally copy and paste your blog posts into a book, that's still valuable because they're in one spot. So don't let that hold you back. But anyway, um, so I guess really I was just surprised at how easy it was. And I just wanted to help fellow bloggers out by showing them exactly how easy it was because I knew the power of having a book, having published my book, having you know, sold that book. And that book has really helped me again, build my name as an expert Mm -hmm. in that area. And so really it had, it morphed into another passion of mine to help bloggers realize the power of having a book. And then again, how simple and easy it is. Yeah. Because I think, and even myself included, Mm -hmm. um, the thought of self-publishing a book is just severe. It seems so daunting. Like, oh my gosh, I don't know how to do it. And how do I do it right? And how do I, you know, how do I load it to Amazon? How do I get people to buy it? So it is, it could be overwhelming. And so I like that you break it down into an easy process for bloggers. And like you mentioned, um, so many, I, I, you know, especially early bloggers, you know, you're, they're blogging and they, you know, they want to kind of like, you know, they, they have value to share, but they don't know how to get it out there. Mm-hmm. And it can be so frustrating to, you know, because a lot of the information you, you hear is like, okay, you got to get to this magic number of page views to be able to tap into ad revenue and mm-hmm. to get sponsored posts. And it can be, it can be kind of like, you know, disheartening. So no, learning to leverage your content in other avenues, like with the book, um, or in, in a physical book, even that, like that's yes. even more, I mean, you know, that's, that's, that's a step up from even just an ebook or a mm-hmm. course. I mean, that's, and that, that is empowering because you feel like you're now taking control of your blog and turning it into a business that we're in which, where you can control how it grows and in, in, in where it goes. So yes. Awesome. 100%. And okay. So tell me, let's just, let's just start from the beginning. How can bloggers leverage books to enhance uh, their current content without having to say reinvent the wheel with it when you, when they go to write a book. Yeah. So I really coach bloggers to do exactly what I did with both of my books, which is to go in and dive into what's already on your blog. So you can go about this a couple ways. If there is a certain topic that you want to be known as the expert in, you can pull your blog content on that topic and make it into a book, which is what I did for Yoga for Runners. And that's perfect. Also, I think we'll talk about this a little bit later, but if you have a course Mm -hmm. or a product that you're selling and the book relates to that, that's 100% a great place to start. And that's something that I also highly recommend. Uh, However, if neither of those things applies to you, then I would go through and take a look at your analytics. Mm -hmm. Figure out what's popular. What are people sharing? What's 
bringing people to your website, really what's resonating with your readers. And that is a topic that, you know, if the blog posts are resonating with them, it's almost certain that your book is going Mm -hmm. to resonate with them and they're going to want to buy that. And so that's another place to start. That's a smart place to get going. And again, you've already written about it. It's already popular. And so that's going to be a great launching pad for your book. And, and it's the same with an online course. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you might have a great idea, but you really want to bring it down to what is your audience really looking for? You can poll them, you can ask them, send a survey to your email list. And then like you said, look at your analytics and look at what is, like, what is most popular because that's probably, like you said, a hot ticket item for something that they might be interested in, in terms of, in, in the form of a book. Um, so let's talk about self-publishing because I know if, and you know, we might have some listeners that are, you know, just, you know, starting to blog itself can be kind of overwhelming <laughs> at times because mm-hmm. you wear like all the hats, like you have to learn, you know, like how to set your blog up in the, in the tech side and the, you know, there's just so many a- uh, aspects of it. But so when we come to self-publishing, it can be, you know, again, overwhelming. So what are some strategies that, um, you you use with your clients to kind of ease that you know apprehension that they might have when uh, approaching self publishing. Yeah, so I really recommend just looking at it one step at a time because when you think step back and think as a whole, oh my goodness, I have to self publish a book. That's totally overwhelming. But when you just think about the next step that's ahead of you, it becomes less overwhelming. So really the basic part of just like actually getting the book created. You're going to write a draft, Mm -hmm. edit it as many times as you want to get it (laughs) to a point where you're happy with it. Um, A little caveat here. Remember that done is better than perfect in a lot of uh, cases. So don't let the quest for perfection hold you back from publishing your book. Because especially if you're self-publishing and you don't have that deadline of a publisher looming over your head, you might just keep pushing it off. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Exactly. Um, But so once you have your manuscript edited, you just format it, which is a little technical, but I really do believe that if you have the technical know-how to run a blog, Mm -hmm you can figure out how to do the formatting and then you take your formatted manuscript and you take it to where you're going to get your book published. I strongly recommend using CreateSpace. It's the print-on-demand platform that Amazon has. It's by far the most popular self-publishing platform, I guess maybe next to selling a PDF on your website. (laughs) Uh, But in terms of getting your book into print, it's by far the most popular. There are options to where you can do it for free if you use their templates, if you do the formatting yourself, if you use their free cover templates. Um, There's no obligation to purchase a minimum number of copies. So it's really a great way to go. And Like I said, it may seem overwhelming, but 
just about everybody I talk to, once they get to the other side, they say, wow, that was simpler <laughs> than I thought. And maybe I should start planning my second book because I really enjoyed that process. <laughs> so um, I like how you mentioned um, if you use, it's create space, right? On with mm-hmm. Amazon that you don't have to print, you know, hundreds and hundreds of copies. They're just like, they do the printing for you when someone yes. orders, correct? Okay. That's right. Okay. And so when you're walking people through either through your book or through your online course, um, you're essentially breaking down the process into manageable chunks. We're taking step by step. Yes, absolutely. And so the course, because it is a higher price item, does include even more of a breakdown and some aspects than the book does. So for example, my course includes step-by-step tutorials on formatting. Um, and just, I know you're, you talk a lot about course creation. So just to give a little bit of insight into that is that I want to give people a reason to sign up for my course. Mm-hmm. And that is the number one sticking point that everybody has. So if I were to walk people through that for free, well then maybe they might not want to invest in the course. And so that is like my top little nugget of information that I hold close to myself because that is what's going to get people to invest with me. But at the same time, it's a very small nugget. It I taught myself to do it. So it is something that people could conceivably spend a bunch of hours Mm -hmm. doing, but they could learn to do it themselves. So I'm not like being the Grinch here and not like (laughs) telling anybody anything and like hoarding my knowledge. Like that's not what I'm trying to do at all. But I'm also trying to be very strategic about the way that I put things out there and be Mm -hmm. strategic about my business as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. And we'll talk a little bit more about that um, here in a minute. Sorry. But I, no, no, you're totally fine. Um, but, but, but before we go down that path, I want to talk a little bit more. So um, the steps in self-publishing and the strategies, mm-hmm. when it comes to editing, do you recommend that people have an outside person edit their book or, you know, cause sometimes when you're looking at your own material, like you you know, you've seen it so many times, you don't catch some of the mistakes. So, yes. so do you recommend outside editors and do you recommend, you know, um, services or people, or do you just kind of just like recommend them to just, you know, go outside in general? I think it depends on your budget. Okay. If you can afford a professional editor, absolutely go for it. They're going to catch things that you would not have caught. Um, any editor who's worth it will sit down with you and they will ask you what you're looking for in an editor. And mm-hmm. there are multiple different ways or places where you can start working with an editor. Um, you can start working with an editor even before you begin writing um, and work with them as a developmental editor to help, you know, develop your book. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the one thing that, uh, so I've had a couple edit professional editors on my podcast. And the one thing that everybody says is that, you know, if somebody's not interested in hearing, you know, criticism on the content, if all they want is line editing and copy editing, then the editor will ask the editee (laughs) what they (laughs) want out or, you know, what they're looking for editing wise, and they'll just do that. So, I wouldn't necessarily be 
afraid of working with an editor if you think, oh my gosh, they're going to hate it. They're going to tell me this is, you know, just garbage because a good editor will know that you, they're, you're not looking for that type of advice uh-huh. if you're well past that point. Yeah. Um, but yes, as you were suggesting, it absolutely your manuscript needs another pair of eyes before you publish it. So if you cannot afford to hire an editor, find somebody who is good with English or who is Mm -hmm. a good reader. If you have somebody whose grammar is relatively good and who knows a little bit of punctuation stuff, maybe like a school teacher friend, that sort of thing, (laughs) uh, maybe have them look through it. But definitely, if you can, have somebody read through it because that's absolutely going to help. If for some reason you have no friends, nobody who will read through it, <laughs> if, if that's true, I'm very sorry. Um, but read it out loud mm-hmm. and yes. that will help as well. Okay. Um, two more things before we move on to the yeah. next topic. So uh, book cover. Mm-hmm. Is it again, just personal preference? Like have someone design it, you know, something, you know, cause I know that, I mean, I know there are, you know, you could jump into Canva and design something yourself or, you know, you want something not too expensive designer. You could go to like Fiverr or something, mm-hmm. but, but what do you typically recommend, uh, out, you know, again, like seeking outside or doing it yourself? It, again, it really depends on your budget. Okay. If you have money and if, designing graphics is not your strong suit, absolutely outsource it and outsource it to the best designer you can afford. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, because they will give you a really good design. In a lot of cases, unfortunately, with something like Fiverr, you're going to get what you pay for. Yeah. It's you can get an okay, yeah, you could get an okay cover, but it may not be phenomenal. And so if you can't afford it, it's really worth it going with a designer, I believe, because the cover in a lot of cases does sell the books. Yes. You, don't, you yeah. do want it to be professional. Yeah. That said, if you are totally going the budget route, you can absolutely use something like Canva. Just be very careful with the licensing of any mm-hmm. purchased elements. So make sure that, yeah, you pay attention. I try to like drive this home to everybody because I don't want them to get into trouble um, with Canva. Yeah. Uh, um, So just look at the license. Make sure that you are buying a large enough license for that element based on what you plan to do with yes, that cover. Yes, that's the key. Like even with um, like podcast music, like there you could go mm-hmm. to free, royalty-free yep. um, music, but if you don't read the terms of the license, like some of it is like free, but not for podcasts or not mm-hmm. for, you know, you know th- those types of things. And so you, you really need to read the fine print um, in that free license and what you can, you know, how, how far you can use them. Mm-hmm. Yes, That's a absolutely. Good point. Okay. And so let's talk about challenges. So the people, you know, that you have worked with, you know, in your course in that have, you you know, came to you after, you know, reading your book, what is the biggest or, you know, maybe one to two challenges that you see um, people or bloggers face when they're writing their first or self-publishing their first book? Yeah. So I'll start with number two because that's one I already mentioned, which is the formatting. People Uh really get stuck on that. You have to be detail oriented and you just have to pay 
attention to, for example, the settings in Microsoft Word, which is where I do all of my formatting. I do my writing in a piece of software called Scrivener, but then mm-hmm. it's just easier to format in Microsoft Word. Um, but that said, again, it's something that you can do. You can get a template for free from CreateSpace, for example. Um, Kindle publishing, the formatting is slightly different, but again, you can do it yourself. Just really take things slowly. Don't be distracted when you're doing it. Pay close attention. And then with both of those options, there is a system built in either when you upload to CreateSpace or you upload to Kindle Direct Publishing where it will look over what you've submitted to make Mm -hmm. sure that there are no major formatting errors or, you know, it's not going to catch grammatical errors or a mistake that's in your manuscript, but it will catch, you know, if your margins are off or something like Mm -hmm. that. So at least there's a little bit of a check and balance and then you can always look at your proofs as well, whether it's digital or printed proof, if you're getting an actual paper book and Mm -hmm. look that over. So um, speaking of Kindle, so when when you self-publish on CreateSpace for like a printed book, Mm -hmm. um, do you recommend also, you know, also offering a Kindle edition as well at the same time? I do. Although, so if you start with CreateSpace, and you upload your book and it's all ready to go. When you finish the whole submission process, it's going to give you an option to directly import it into Kindle. I would not do that. The formatting gets really messed up. It's not great. I would actually go into Kindle Direct Publishing and upload your manuscript that you have sub- or, uh, formatted specifically for, for Kindle? KDP. Yes, okay. exactly. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay, so let's jump ahead then to what, something you mentioned before, which is um, not just, you know, publishing a book, but actually doing it strategically. Mm-hmm. So many, you know, um, even hard, you know, I, I say a hardback, any physical, <laughs> physical books, Kindle versions um, are usually a fairly low cost, you know, mm-hmm. item, you know, they, they just, they just are. Um, but by doing that, you're setting yourself up for then, you know, like you said, like giving some value in the book, but then also leaving more, you know, more desire or more like a a level up or more in depth that Mm -hmm. you could go in the higher priced option, which like, like an online course or a membership Academy or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so by doing that, like you're, you're basically strategically setting up almost like a sales funnel with your, your book. And at the same time, I mean, you're establishing yourself as an authority because you have a published book on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know what I mean? So, so what, I mean, maybe I just, you know, touched upon that, but the value between having a published book and an online course, um, I mean, I think they work well, well together. Do you feel like those two work well together? Yes, absolutely. It's, it's very natural because in both it, for most bloggers who are going to write a nonfiction book, they're going to be trying to teach something. Mm -hmm. There are, of course, some who will write a memoir or something that's meant to help inspire or entertain. um, And that's certainly valid as well. But most bloggers I know, when they're going to write a book, it's going to be more of a how-to or that just 
it's an easier book to write. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's where most people start out. Mm-hmm. But also, most courses then are going to be how-tos. Mm-hmm. And so it's just very natural to go either way to, from your course, write a book based on the course, or if you have your book, then to create a course with some additional material Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. enhance what you're teaching. Yes, absolutely. Or you could even write a book that could be part of your course. I mean, Mm -hmm. you think about online courses, you know, in general out there in the education realm. I mean, you have a textbook, which is designed to supplement, complement the course uh, subject, but not teach it 100%. If that was the case, we wouldn't need educators. But then you bring in that human element and you bring in that course element that kind of dives in deeper. And so if you think of it the same way with your book, um, if you have a you have a blog and you write a book um, that's that's helping somebody with a skill or, or or a new concept that that complements what's on your blog, and then you then um, have a course that takes them you know a step further. I mean, it's just a natural to me. It's just a natural connection. Yes, absolutely. And like you suggested, it's a great low cost yes. point to get people yes. like into your business as well. Because most people who are just getting to know you aren't automatically going to go drop a hundred or several hundred Mm -hmm. or even several thousand dollars on a course with you. They need to get to know you first. Mm -hmm. But most people don't really hesitate to buy a $10 or $15 book from Amazon if it's something that they're genuinely interested in. Mm -hmm. And so it's a lot less difficult to convince somebody to buy a book than it is to convince them to buy a course. However, then they read your book. They realize that you're a genius (laughs) who is amazing at teaching what you're teaching. And all the time they're spending at least a couple of hours with you as they're reading your book. So they're building a relationship with you in a way that they just don't if they're just, if you're just writing a blog or they're just reading your blog posts. Mm -hmm. And so it's a way to build that relationship with a low cost product while providing tons of value. And that is really going to create a customer who is ready to buy your course. Somebody who has read your book is going to be, it'd be interesting to hear the stats. I'm like, now I should try and do a test. Like how many times more likely are they to buy your course? I know it's going to be several times, but the scientist in me like wants to go study (laughs) that now. (laughs) Yeah. No, those, the same thoughts run through my mind. I'm like, Oh, I bet there's like some, some stats out there because think about it. Uh, I mean, I myself personally, I mean, I, I won't think twice about buying a 799, 899, even $14.99 you know, book on mm-hmm. Amazon, uh, if it, it intrigues me more so than I'm going to pull the trigger on a higher price course. But once I get that book and I read it and I'm like, wow, this is, this is good stuff. Um, especially if you set your book up for like, you're providing them value, but like you're, you you know, like, oh, but if you want to know like even more in depth, you know, go to my course. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more likely to then make like want more and go into my and, and, and purchase that course. And so yeah. I, I, I would be interested to see what those stats are. Yeah. And so one thing that if this is something or a strategy that you want to implement, try to think 
about your book readers? What are the next natural questions that are going to come up after they read your book? What are the what's next questions? Like, okay, you talked about this, but what about this? Mm-hmm. And address those in your course. Awesome. I like that. If like that. they are like naturally, they're like, I want to learn about this next. And if you were in your reader's head that well, and you put that in your course, your course is going to sell itself. Good. That's a good strategy. That's a good, that's a good tip. Okay. Okay. Well, um, what is your, um, best piece of advice to a blogger who is struggling with how to diversify the revenue, you know, like is in that position where like, you know, they're tired of just watching page, page views and traffic and they have thought about, well, I could write a book, a cookbook, something like what's your best piece of advice for how to just get, you know, to, to make that happen. Yeah. So I would say to create a plan. I think everything is easier with a plan. I think you would agree that the same is true for course creation. Mm -hmm. When you know where you're going, it just makes the whole process a lot easier. When you have an outline for a book, it makes the writing process a lot easier. Instead of thinking, oh gosh, I have to write on this incredibly big topic. Like if I would have sat down at my computer and said, okay, I have to write about yoga for runners. I would have just sat there and been like, <laughs> uh, what am I supposed to write? But because I had that outline, I was able to then sit down and say, okay, well, I have this chapter and this chapter as blog posts, but this section I haven't written anything about yet. So when I have my writing time blocked off in my calendar, I just naturally go to those, you know, blank spaces and start writing. And then I would say um, some of the cliche things about writing as well, just write whatever comes to mind. If you're really struggling to feel creative, try not to edit yourself as you're writing. You can always go back and edit later. But it's different sides of the brain, right brain versus left brain. And if you try and switch back and forth between the creative side and the editing side, it can slow you down. So mm -hmm. try to get as much creatively out as possible before you go back and edit. Okay. That's a good, I know. Uh, when I write anything, I just like pull up a Google doc and just let it flow. And then mm -hmm. I go back and rearrange and add and no, I want to put this down here and no, mm -hmm. I need to add this up here. So yeah, I would absolutely support that tip. That's smart. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So before we jump off here, um, where can the listeners find you, find your book, find your course? Sure. So I'm at bloggertoauthor.com. You're going to find that this is a trend. <laughs> um, uh, I have a podcast, the Blogger to Author podcast, which you can find at bloggertoauthor.com slash podcast. <laughs> um, I'm also on Facebook, uh, Facebook uh, slash blogger to author, at blogger to author on uh, Twitter as well. And then my book is, you guessed it, Blogger to Author, <laughs> uh, which you can find on Amazon along with Yoga for Runners. Well, hey, I mean, it's consistent and they know like if I want to like do the Blogger to Author, I know who to go to. <laughs> I'm very on brand. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. And um, I think you, don't you have... Um, when they go to your website, don't you have a resource that can help them kind of get started? 
Yes, absolutely. So I have a getting started set of worksheets. It's right on the homepage that they can sign up for. If they're interested, I actually did put together a special freebie as well for your listeners, because I know that they're thinking about courses. So if you go to bloggertoauthor.com slash wanderlust, there's actually a special uh, free download there that talks all about turning your course into a book, why you would do it, and a little bit of how to do it as well. So if anyone's interested, check that out. Oh, that's a great resource. And we'll include links to all of this in the show notes and, you know, on the webpage and the social media posts um, for this, this uh, episode. So thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I'm intrigued by this. Um, <laughs> I know that I have a goal in 2018 to publish my first like physical book. And yes. I will be working with uh, <laughs> Beth, a blogger to author, because she's an excellent resource. And so I encourage um, any of you that are thinking about this to go check Beth out because um, she'll just walk you through the process and make it completely less painful than trying to do it on your own. <laughs> well, I just want to say thank you for having me. And I want your listeners to know that the whole self-publishing process is truly easier than they think it is. And if there's one takeaway, it's that that I want to drive home. It's that it is easier than they think and it's something that they absolutely can do. Great. That is perfect. That is a perfect note to end on. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And um, we, we will talk to you soon. Yeah. Thank you. My pleasure. All right. Bye-bye. That's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Beth. And as always, you can uh, find all of the links to connect with Beth, plus grab that super awesome freebie that she mentioned um, by going to www.wanderlustandwellness.org forward slash podcast forward slash episode 23. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Wanderlust and Wellness Podcast. Let's keep the conversation flowing inside our private Facebook community at www.wanderlustandwellness.org forward slash Facebook group. In this group, you can connect with like-minded women just like you, all working to press that reset button on life and start creating a fulfilled life around eating well, living well, and traveling often. And do you know someone who's looking for that same change in life? If so, let's grow our community and go ahead and share this podcast with them. If you absolutely loved this episode, please head over to your favorite podcast listening app and subscribe to the podcast to, to enjoy all of our upcoming episodes. We're available on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And while you're there, go ahead and drop us a review. Please note that I am not a registered dietitian or a medical professional. The views I express are mine alone based on my own experiences and should not be taken as medical advice. Please speak with a medical professional before making any changes to your current routine.